0: final story in our look back at nine eleven and its aftermath. On that sunny morning, Joe Gratishur was a spokesman in the Navy's chief information office known as Chinfo. After the plane smashed into the Pentagon, Gratishur was among the thousands who evacuated the military headquarters building and scrambled to continue the mission. Gratishur retired as a Navy captain, but still works in the Pentagon as a civilian public affairs officer. He spoke with Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday.
1: Remember it being the Bright, beautiful, clear morning, slightly cool. For those that uh, don't understand what the chief of information does, we are the Navy's spokesman. We are those official Navy spokesmen you see quoted in, in the news and he, various outlets. So we're used to dealing with the press. We're used to having TVs on in the office. So with multiple TVs on, we were all watching that morning and saw the initial film of what was happening in New York Uh, the first plane hitting, and then, of course, as we were watching live, we knew that uh, when the second plane hit that this was more than just some random act. We began a process within Navy Public Affairs Headquarters with the Chief of Information. We started to try and figure out, okay, what do we do when we start getting the questions of what's the Navy doing in response? And so I was actually in the office with the Admiral, When, with no advance notice at all, we got hit. Given the location where the plane hit the building and where Chinfo is located, if that plane had gone another 30 feet, it would have been underneath us. For me, what happened was I had my back to the window in the direction of where the plane came in, and there was just one huge BAM! And then the concussion, the pressure change. And I ducked because it felt like whatever was coming into the building or whatever was causing the explosion was coming right over my shoulder. So I looked out the window and the window itself was just rattling back and forth and bowing in and out. And about that same time, the fireball passed over the top of our head and created a vacuum in that alleyway. So there was smoke and debris and things flying all over the place. And then it kicked in and, all right, we need to get everybody out of here. So we gathered everybody, about 60, 65 people in Chinfo at the time and and shepherded them out, out of the building. We exited the building and I actually walked around the building and, and uh, saw pieces of the plane in the area just in front of the impact point. But then it was, let's go back to finding our people. Uh, Job one for us as leaders in that particular office, make sure our people got out. And that was not an easy task. You had conservatively uh, on that day, 20-some thousand people in the building all exiting and at the same time, it's hard to find people in that crowd. Well, normally you would have one place to go to in a fire drill or an actual event, Ours was, happened to be where the plane hit, so we couldn't gather there, and so we are trying to find our people. While we were out in the parking lot, the security guards started screaming, get further away, there's another plane inbound. So we moved out the other side of 395 into the Crystal City, Pentagon City area. Uh, as we, we decided to move up to the hill to where the at the time there was the Navy Annex Building, up there where, about where the Air Force Memorial is now, But that was evacuated as well, so we ended up setting up a temporary Navy headquarters in the Virginia Department of Transportation building, which was right across the street. And we got the Secretary of the Navy and his staff and the Chief of Naval Operations and the Vice Chief and their staffs and Chinfo, and we reconstituted a Navy headquarters there. It became part of our mission that day to try and figure out a way to account for everybody that was in the building from the Navy because there was no easy way to identify who was there or who was not. There was no good record keeping on any given day. You couldn't just put out something by cell phone. The cell phone network shut down. We instituted the 1-800 number to get people to call in to try and account for all the Navy people because we needed to find out who was missing and and how extensive the damage was. Um, At the same time, on the way to that building, Many may remember there was a Citgo gas station down by the Pentagon, and that became kind of a rallying point for a lot of people, including media. And so many of us stopped along the way to give our perspective because we were right there in that immediate vicinity. So we could kind of point out what was in that area from the Navy perspective. So it became a, a juggling act of accounting for our people and accounting for the Navy people and doing our job as public affairs officers. And oh, by the way, try and let family and friends know that you are alive. My family uh, lives in Michigan, and I had a young daughter in, in high school, and she was panicking because they put it on TV, and she saw the building burning. And it was four hours before I got a phone call back. Saying I was alive, um, just because the network shut down, and then because of the, the the job I had to do, it it took a while to get to a landline to be able to call them back. As you reflect on it, the events of that day did it change anything for you, you know, personally or professionally, or both, and the trajectory of especially where your career went as a public affairs officer in the Navy. Well, it it cemented the fact that uh, I was in the career field that uh, I was meant to be in. So eventually when I retired in 2005 from active duty, uh, after a short stint at a, a firm here in the area, I came back to the Navy as a civilian public affairs officer, which I've been doing for the last 12 years now. So it confirmed for me I was in the right job as a Navy spokesman. That's where I was meant to be. Navy Public
0: Affairs Officer and retired Captain Joe Gratisher, speaking with Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday. Find this in all of our 9-11 anniversary coverage at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search A Tuesday Like No Other.
2: Hello and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WAPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving
0: with uh, six actual actual uh, afloat commands uh, the first one was when I was twenty seven years old uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything and it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career um, and then after I retired after thirty five years I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO where I spent my next fourteen years um, I'm I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me.
2: How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years?
0: My style has been quite con- consistent. Uh, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it. So you can help them to be better at it and more efficient
1: Check out liveone.com slash best music for details.
0: This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.